0: Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Sportsbook. Now when you use promo code DNVR, new customers can make, make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. That's code DNVR, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Well, welcome in to a Friday, Suzy Show. I'm Suzy Hunter. We got super producer Kale Sorbo making What's it all What's up? We need air horns for you. Ba 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 ba. Um, Kayle and I decided. <laughs> <Yeah>! <laughs> Sorry to yell into your ear, America. Um, Cale and I decided before the show started we are committed to giving you the weirdest show possible today. I am so sleep deprived because I was in Philly this morning, and I was I I really tore it up. I can't believe I have a voice. I can already kind of feel it going away now that I'm actually talking a lot. Uh, Because I was screaming at a sports bar last night watching the Phillies in Game 5 of the World Series. We will get more into that in a second. But yeah, we have a major problem that we need to address. And I already heard a little bit of it. My Philly accent. I worked so hard to get rid of it as a teenager. But if I spend too much time in Philly, especially at a bar with a bunch of Philly Johns, my accent comes back. I have no control over it. I can't turn it on. I can't turn it off. But I'm hearing it come back in certain words that I say. And I hate it. And it's happening. It already happened in the DraftKings ad read. It's rough. Where,
1: where in the DraftKings read was it? I didn't hear it.
0: Um, when I said the word Code.
1: Code.
0: Code. I don't know how oh. I said it. I can't turn it on. I can't turn it off. But like when it's happening, I hear it and I can't stop it. Nice. The last time this happened to me, like absolutely out of control in a way that was just completely off the rails. When the Phillies signed Bryce Harper, I was listening to so much Philly sports radio from up in Connecticut that on TV in Connecticut, I was saying stuff like Wednesday, like I just like the whole, it all came back and I, I sounded ridiculous.
1: Love that for you.
0: I didn't love it for me. I worked so hard as a young teen to get rid of the Philly accent so I could work in media. (laughs) Now look at me.
1: Now look at you. You're working in media with a Philly accent.
0: (laughs) It's in in damn shambles. In damn shambles. We're going to talk about shambles. I need to take a sip of this tea because, again, my voice is just totally shot from a few days in Philly, from being out and about, from being at games... It's fun. Kel, you've been watching these games, though, right?
1: I have been watching these games. It's the first baseball I've watched all year. That's a lie, but... It's
0: it's the most baseball, maybe, you've watched. It's the
1: most baseball I've watched all year, yeah.
0: It's been fun. This has been a good World Series. It's
1: been a great World Series. We got historic games back-to-back, and then just, like, an absolute nail-biter, which was a great game, so... Yes.
0: Although, I think my favorite moment of the game... On Tuesday, game five, uh, when Meek Mill came out with the Philly Fanatic and rapped, Did like, everyone else appreciate that as much as Philly people? Because we were screaming.
1: I, you know, I don't think anybody really can emotionally vibe with that the same way a Philly, <laughs> a Philly for person can.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You like rap that song that the Phillies came out to, or the Phillies, the Eagles came out to at the Super Bowl. He couldn't even be at that Super Bowl because he was in jail. And now look at him.
1: Now look at him, rapping at the World Series.
0: Love Meek Mill. He's our dude. He's our dude. We'll talk again. We'll talk more about the World Series. But we got some Rockies news because the Grand Junction Rockies finally changed their name. And no, not to the Grand Junction Humpback Chubs, which is a very sexual name for a very endangered fish. Now they went with the Jackalopes, a big rebranding. We got a we got a graphic. Here's what the logo looks like. The jackalopes. Kale, what do you think?
1: I gotta be honest. Love the name. Hate the logo.
0: <laughs> I don't really know what a jackalope is. Is that something uh, that I should know as a person who lives in Colorado? Yes,
1: it is. It's a a fictitious animal, which is a long long hair with uh, horns. So like,
0: so you- like a rabbit.
1: A rabbit with rabbit antlers, basically a rabbit with antlers, but a hare. Oh. Yeah, so it's a fictitious animal.
0: What is the difference between a hare and a rabbit?
1: I think one's bigger.
0: Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, he looks... Uh, you know what? Well, that looks like a... It,
1: it, is, it is a jackalope. I just think the logo is kind of poorly done. I would... Well, I think you had it to deserved te- better.
0: You had to tell me what kind of animal it was for me to understand what I was looking at. Now that I'm looking at it, you know, he's got the bat on some of the antlers. He looks real angry. He's got the ears. He's listening for predators because I'm assuming hares are also prey, like rabbits are. Yeah. But a jackalope wouldn't be prey. He would be a predator because he's got. Big antlers.
1: Yeah, something like that. Um, Am
0: I overthinking it?
1: I think you're overthinking it. I'm doing
0: Patrick's job right now, and I'm overthinking it.
1: But I don't know. This logo just leaves something to be desired. I think uh, the whole baseball diamond behind it that they were trying to go for, I don't think really shines through. No. Um, It just kind of looks like some weird squiggly lines. I don't think the sign really matches where the fonts are sort Mm -hmm. of off to me. And Mm -hmm. it bugs me that the sign is going in a different angle than the bat is.
0: It's a slightly different angle. Yeah.
1: So like there's just certain things like the symmetry about this, like, is just off. It's really it's heavy to the left when you look at the weight of the logo. Yeah. Um, so there's anyways, I'm getting like way too into design talk. I was gonna
0: say this sounds like something (laughs) that D line would be saying right now. Yeah. (laughs) I love I love these design notes. Thank you. Thank you for filling us in. But yeah, do you remember the Humpback Chub episode? Oh, or not episode incident of 2019?
1: It was all the rage.
0: <laughs> it's ridiculous. We're going to go back and relive the, the timeline because I feel like maybe sometimes people don't remember the full story because it, it was a whole thing. So I, I refreshed myself by reading the Purple Rose story from 2019, which just really perfectly grasp the timeline of the events. So there was a guy named Ian Loomis. And I hope I'm saying that name right. And I apologize, Ian, if I'm not. Um, Grand Junction resident wanted to change the name to something cool like other minor league teams have all around the country. Everyone's got cool names. And they're a little goofy. So he's like, you know what would be kind of goofy, but also really locally relevant? A humpback chub. So he started a petition. And, like, really, it his, so his quote in that story, I'm trying to be funny, but I'm definitely not trying to just troll the team. So, like, at its core, like, really genuinely liked this name. But it started a petition, and when it started to pick up steam, the Grand Junction Rockies blocked him. So this is back when they were also still actually affiliated with the Rockies. Now the pioneer league does not exist in the world of minor league baseball. They're, I guess what they call a partner league, but anyway, so he got blocked, but it still had that traction on social media. And then here's the tweet that the grand junction Rockies put out that June, the grand junction Rockies are not considering changing the name and never have Chubbs is an offensive and slang sexual term for erection. They tweeted this from their real verified account.
1: Yeah, that's wild. (laughs) This is
0: like crazy. Like if you were trying to bury this, this is like the wrong way to do it. And it just, it went so viral. And then they also said, there's another tweet too, right? And of course, I can't even read the own thing that I...
1: The Grand Junction Rockies pride ourselves on providing fun family entertainment and suggesting inappropriate name changes will not be tolerated. Anyone who continues to, to suggest the GJ Chubbs in any way will be blocked from our account.
0: And like they, they did that. And like all of these tweets ended up being deleted. So like that in itself is like also such a mess. Um, but then that kind of all faded away. The story became old news. Then the pandemic happened I feel like this kind of just got lost in the story, lost in the shuffle. The Pioneer League ended up not being part of minor league baseball anymore. But they still were able to use uh, the Rockies name. Even though it's trademarked, they were kind of grandfathered in. But recently, uh, the Grand Junction team was bought by Future Legends, which also owns the Northern Colorado Owls, another Pioneer League team. So with the new ownership, the rights to the name are lost. So they actually had to change the name. So now here we are at the Jackalopes.
1: Go Jacks.
0: Go Jacks. Go J Lopes.
1: J Lopes.
0: Jackie Lopes.
1: Maybe not that one.
0: No. Did I say something inappropriate?
1: I think so. Oh, (laughs)
0: I'm so sorry. (laughs) I don't know what I'm talking about. I got no sleep. (laughs) Um, uh, yeah. All right. We are going to go from one Rocky to another, or one former Rocky to another. We're going to talk about Nolan Arenado. We had a great interview with Katie Wu, but first we got to talk about some sponsors. But before we do that, we got to talk about right here at home, DNVR. Because it is football season, it is peak DNVR season, and we've got tailgates like no other. And we've got great deals here at the bar, too. So if you're not a member already, you are missing out on those price breaks for Broncos tailgates and Nuggets party buses. What day is the party bus? That's coming up soon. Tomorrow. Oh, it is tomorrow. Yeah, it's our Nuggets the
1: takeover is tomorrow.
0: Oh my gosh. So you know what, if you are a DNVR member, you got a discount on that and that's like really way too good of a deal. I don't know how we do it. Uh, you're also getting, um, that annual membership, you know, that comes with a free shirt from dnvrlocker.com. We've got the best gear in the biz. I cannot say this enough. You get a discount at the bar. You're gonna get 15% off your bill. That's a crazy good deal in this economy. Nuts. You get extra raffle tickets at all of those watch parties to win that free gear too, and access to that members only discord where you don't have to worry about politics or jerks. You can just chat with everyone about all the sports and topics you want to talk about. And if you're not a member already, don't fret. It's only 50 cents for your first month at the dnvr.com and listen. If you love DNVR, you got to love Game Time too, because they are the hottest ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sporting events, concerts, shows... All of the above. So if you've ever dreamed of sitting in a seat that you never thought you could snag like the 50 yard line court side behind home plate, maybe just getting into a world series in general, it's all possible with the game time app. Those big last minute price drops can be found on the seats that you really never thought you could buy. So the bottom line is if you love DNVR, you're going to love game time. It's the best way. Oh, the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. So join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all of your favorite events. And you know what I like to say about the best seats? Sometimes it's right in your house and especially if you've got Ivaca TV they are the new goat in Colorado sports that is the greatest of all TV Avaka TV delivers amped up sports coverage for Colorado fans featuring Altitude Sports and AT&T SportsNet get the most regional content for the lowest price for sports in Colorado Avs Nuggets DU CSU UNC and MSU all those letters all those teams love it. And did you know, you knew, you knew the nuggets crew went to Serbia, you know, they made a documentary that is an Avaca TV exclusive. I know we can't gush enough about how proud we are of our colleagues or coworkers here at DNVR. I cannot believe y'all made a documentary.
1: It's pretty crazy. Shout out, uh, RG and Adam, they put in so much work on it. It came out amazing. Yeah. And, uh, it was, it's, really special for me because I get to relive such an amazing experience, but I think it's special for everybody who was there. And I think it's going to be special, special for anybody who watches it.
0: Yeah. It's gotta be so special for, you know, those nuggets diehard fans too, to just really get that look into basketball in Serbia. That's so cool. So yeah, you can check that out on Ivaka TV you can watch it all avaca.tv slash DNVR. You can sign up for just $25 a month and you can check out all those nuggets, pregame shows, all that stuff. evocatv slash DNVR to watch all of your favorite Colorado sports and original DNVR content. All right. We talked to Katie Wu. Well, I talked to Katie Wu. Who's we? Who is we? No one else was there. It was just me and her. No, she's so great. She does great coverage for The Athletic. Uh, but yeah, really wanted to talk to her. I wanted to pick her brain about Nolan opting in, which is not really a term. He just did not exercise the opt-out. But that's a contract that, you know, we are still paying for here in Colorado. So, Kale, do we got that interview? Yeah. Oh, let's roll it. How are you? I am good. We got to talk about the second highest paid guy on the Rockies payroll right now, Nolan Arenado, who did not exercise that opt out. There was so much buzz last week about whether or not he would opt out or not. Was there merit to that buzz or was that just conversation? Was it speculation? What was actually going on out there in St. Louis?
2: Well, first of all, what an accurately and sad way to phrase Nolan Arenado in terms of Rockies fans. I mean, man, that trade. That, I, I know that Rockies fans are tired of hearing about it, but when you phrase it that way, it really puts into perspective what exactly went on. Um, but no, there was a lot of a lot of buzz about Nolan Arenado, and he you know throughout both 2021 and 2022, he was so adamant in how much he loved St. Louis and how he wanted to stay. Of course, though, when it came, comes time to make that final decision. Nolan was looking at locking up his next five years in St. Louis. So he really wanted to make sure that everyone was on the same page. And I think what kind of took a little bit longer, it didn't really take too long. I mean, he had until five days after the end of the World Series to make a decision. But what really, I think, factored into his final decision was making sure that him, President of Baseball Operations, John Mozeliak, and the future of the club were all kind of in a tandem. Uh, John Mozeliak actually flew to Nolan Arenado in Southern California early in October. They had a sit-down dinner. And they talked about everything, um, where the club was going, what, how Nolan could be better, how the club could improve, if payroll would increase, all of these things that ultimately led Nolan to just finalize his decision to stay with the Cardinals for the next five
0: years. Now, were you surprised? Did you think that this would happen? What did you predict before this? And how does that line up with what actually happened?
2: I didn't think Nolan was really going anywhere. I mean, he really loves playing in St. Louis. He loves his teammates. He's well-respected. He really likes the city of St. Louis. So for me, it was never really a question of if he would leave. It was a question of when he would make it official that he would not be leaving. I was a little bit surprised just in the day and age of baseball and the way that contracts and free agency plays out. I mean, if Nolan really wanted to, even if he wanted to remain a Cardinal, he could have opted out of the remainder of his five-year $144 million contract with a verbal agreement or obligation to return to the Cardinals in terms of just restructuring the deal to get more money. The third base market this free agent, for free agency this offseason is relatively thin. There are a lot of teams that could pay a lot of money, the Yankees, the Dodgers. For Nolan. And he could have used that as leverage. So to me, that was surprising that he didn't. He opted to stay with the deal and not restructure it at all. I asked him earlier in the week why he did that. And he just said he felt like it was important to hold up his end of the bargain. He says the Cardinals have always been good to him and been honest in their direction and how they treated him. And he wanted to, you know, be the same and and kind of show that he was all in with the organization as well. So that, to me, it wasn't necessarily that he didn't leave. I think that was pretty much expected. It was the way in which he did so and not restructured any of that contract.
0: Yeah, this is something that we've talked about on our podcast, too, about how that, you know, maybe he could have opted out to restructure that deal. And it's interesting the way that he worded it when you spoke with him because... That sounds like to me, that sounds like maybe that could be a little bit of a dig at the Rockies who did not instill that confidence in him. So is this a sign that he does have so much more confidence in the Cardinals?
2: I think so. I was thinking about it from a fan's perspective, and I thought that Cardinals fans could walk away pretty encouraged about the early trajectory of this Cardinals offseason. I mean, it's been no secret. The Cardinals have been a very successful team in the regular season, but their postseason success has been minimal over the last four to five years. They have yet to win in the last three seasons out of their opening round. So uh, or in the postseason, I should say. So it's been pretty it's it's been. lot of work and a lot of hype in the regular season just for ultimately disappointment and i think the conversations with john mozaloc and nolan focused on okay what can we do to improve not just the regular success of the club but make sure that this st louis ball club is a formidable threat in october because that's something that the cardinals really haven't been in years past so i think from a fan's perspective definitely an encouraging sign that nolan was so encouraged by the cardinals i mean Mo in his press conference in October said multiple times that the payroll will increase for this club. Cardinals had the second most attendance in baseball behind only the Dodgers last year. You can thank Abra Pujols and Yadier Molina for that. So with the amount of money that the Cardinals are projected to spend, of course, we don't know the actual real number to the dollar, but we do know it's a significant increase. Combined with the overall general regular season success for the Cardinals, I think it's a great sign for St. Louis and fans of the team to think, OK, this, they're going to be good for quite a while and things are going to change.
0: I like this. Okay, so this is this is going to sound like a dig from a Philly girl, but I promise okay. it's not. It has to be so frustrating for St. Louis fans who, you know, hear Nolan saying, "Oh, we just want to win the division." And then they get to the wild card round and they lose to a team that came in 3rd in their division. That's got to be so frustrating for fans.
2: Yes, absolutely. Especially when the postseason, and I mean, credit to that Phillies team, they actually remind me so much of the 2011 Cardinals in terms of just being a team of destiny. Um, just an incredible October for them. But I think with the, with the Cardinals, it was when the division was the bare minimum. It was That was the first checkbox for the Cardinals to look in this 2022 season, where they'd done a considerable job in you know scripting their storybook moments and playing consistent baseball. And I think it just goes to show with with the postseason, if you come out flat, you make a mistake, teams will pounce on you. So definitely a very encouraging regular season, but a super frustrating and disappointing postseason that I think left a pretty sour taste in Nolan Arenado and the rest of the team's mouth.
0: Yeah, well, I'm excited to see what they, what they do this next season. And I'm excited to see all of your fun coverage out in St. Louis. Katie, thank you so much for joining the pod. Susie, of course, happy to do so anytime. She's the best. Um, I will say during that interview, Kale was reacting, which I feel like you are speaking for the Colorado fandom who is just like frustrated isn't even the word, it's so beyond frustrated.
1: Yeah, um, it's it's tough. I was just like, Yeah, we know we're still paying for that deal, it's like probably the worst trade in MLB history. We're aware. We get it.
0: Whenever I go home, I like try to like explain to like, I was like trying to explain this to my dad. It must've been over this past week. He was like, well, I don't understand. He like did not understand this trade. I'm like, yeah, we don't either. (laughs) We don't get it. It
1: doesn't make sense. I have
0: to say being in Philly and watching a world series game with a team that like really no one thought would be in it a team that made so many moves just made so many changes even during the season it gave me such a new perspective on the Rockies it was really disappointing just because I'm like looking at a team that did so much in terms of trades and
1: yeah they went for it because they they could
0: they went for it they saw the window and they went for it and it's so sad to see that the Rockies have had those those window of opportunities and have and not done
1: nothing at the deadline. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really frustrating. I mean, they, a couple of years ago, they had teams with four all-stars yeah. and it was like, and solid starting pitching and they made no moves. And, it, you know, you look at this Phillies team and you go, Oh, they've got three or four really big bats and a couple really, really strong starters, some strength towards the back of their bullpen. And you go, Man, that sounds a lot like the Rockies of a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and they just didn't make any moves to really send it, and a- a- as such, never got out of, never got out of that first round.
0: Yeah, and the thing is too with the Phillies, they have not been afraid to trade away their top talent to get other talent back that they can use right now, um, and that's something I think that we would love to see too.
1: I mean, we look at Bren Rogers, right? Who's mm-hmm. turned into a nice player, but what could you have gotten for Brennan Rogers and would Nolan Arenado have stayed? Would he have, you know, felt mm-hmm. like they were more on a contending team and things would have been happier here. You know, there's just uh, so many sliding door moments there that you look back on and I'm getting way too into the weeds. So I'll stop talking, but
0: sliding door moments.
1: <laughs> um, but it really makes you just go, what if? But then you go, there is no reason to go, what if? Because we know how this organization is run. Yeah. And it's not worth doing the what ifs because that's not what they did or what they do or what they're going to do. They don't make those moves. They're not even going to be bold enough to mm-hmm. go into a tank cycle at any point to rebuild their roster. Uh, to try, Or at least try and rebuild their roster. They're so content being in the middle and it's so frustrating as a fan.
0: Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. No, I like I'm I'm angry, too. Like, I'm so angry for this fan base um, because I see what it's like when things go the other way. Um, We're going to talk about a team that has made a big change in just a second. But first, we got to acknowledge some ads, some ad reads. We got to talk about the American Raptors, the rugby club composed of crossover athletes, they, they're crushing it out there with those athletes coming together for the first time, putting skills from their former sports to the test. And you don't want to miss their last home game of 2022 versus St. Mary's College at 1 p.m. on November 5th at X, Xfinity. I spent too much time in Philly. I'm so sorry. At Infinity Park Stadium. Gates open at 1030 a.m. And the best thing is... The best thing about hitting up a Raptors game, they are free. So head over to americanraptors.com and grab your free ticket for this game, this last home game of this or this last game of the season. But yeah, americanraptors.com will be streaming all of those games on their website too so you can check it out. But yeah, these athletes come from backgrounds in football, basketball, baseball, wrestling, soccer, track and field and they've got these skills that let them excel at the game of rugby and the best thing we mentioned that they're free to hit up you can check it out even better our guy colton strickler has it all covered for you on the weekly dnvr rugby podcast so if you didn't get the ticket you wanted as an elite athlete check out the opportunities at infinity park rugby might just be your next ride so follow him and our dnvr rugby account to keep up with the latest news learn rugby with colton's 101 rugby podcasts plus he's got exclusive athletes at in, exclusive interviews with athletes and coaches and provides betting advice on super rugby all of that and more at americanraptors.com now a lot of things don't go your way sometimes. If you've been in a car crash, that wasn't your fault. And now you have injuries, medical bills, lost income or property damage. You have to deal with that disruption in your life. So where do you go from here? Don't assume the insurance companies are going to look out for you. Insurance companies can go to great lengths to tilt the playing field in their favor and you need an experienced attorney on your side who has your back, Travis Legal Offices understands how hard it is to deal with the aftermath of car collisions, and they want to be in your corner fighting for what you deserve. Travis Legal Offices is a family-run law firm experienced in Colorado personal injury cases and insurance disputes. Travis Legal Offices has attorneys that have more than 35 years of experience handling personal injury cases and those attorneys were educated locally at du and cu law schools so they've got plenty of experiences helping you out with that call travis legal offices at 303-766-8766 for a free consultation on your personal injury matter that's 303-766-8766 you can also reach out 24 7 on the web at Travis legal offices.com. There's respect response and results and Travis legal offices, keeps that motto in mind on each and every case they work on. So reach out to travel Travis legal offices today. All right. So uh, the white Sox, the Chicago white Sox, made a move. They hired a new manager. And of course we had to talk to our dude out in Chicago. CHGO White Sox hit their own at Herb Lawrence about Pedro Griffal I think that's how you say his name, no, that is how you say his name. We had a whole thing. But yeah, kale we got that ready? We do. Let's roll it. All right, joining the pod now is our friend from CHGO. White Sox, Herb Lawrence. Herb, how you doing?
3: I'm doing fine. Thank you very much for having me on, Susie.
0: We're so excited to talk to you about your new manager, Pedro Graffol. The White Sox have a new face running the show. What do you guys know about him and what are your first impressions out there right now?
3: Longtime baseball man, Pedro Graffol, is he started his career Really, with the he got drafted by the Minnesota Twins and spent time in their organization. I think also in the minors with the New York Mets, and then he went on to a life of coaching and slash uh, farm directing. So he would, did that with the Seattle Mariners organization, and then most recently it was with the Kansas City Royals for the last ten seasons. And so White Sox fans gave pause. There, like, why would Kansas City? have this man in their building, see how smart he is and how much he's helped their team and their organization out. And then when it came to having him or having a manager being named, go all the way down to Tampa and get Matt Cortaro, that made no sense for White Sox fans. If you're going to pass up your own man, then why should we take a a shot at him? But I said that on Twitter and I got a couple DMs from people who are understanding baseball, who love Pedro Grafal. I did not hear about him until like, the beginning of October when the White Sox first did the interview with them. They sent me messages saying, no, this guy is a baseball man. You're going to love him. He knows how to communicate. One of the main things they uh, said to me is that Salvo Perez wasn't really a great catcher. Still really not that great of a catcher. But Pedro Grafal being a former catcher himself, taught him and learned himself how the art of framing goes and taught um, Salvo Perez how to frame a little bit better how to throw out runners a little bit better. And so his defense has improved under Grafal and his offense has always been there, and the 50-home run season of 2021 proves that. The guy just oozes baseball. He understands the game, and more importantly, for a manager, I think he understands the psychology of man and how different players are different, and you got to treat them different. So I feel that he will come into this White Sox uh, organization Understanding that he has planned for this White Sox team to go against his Kansas City Royals for the last 10 years for pregame matchups or something like that. He has understood that the White Sox are supremely talented. But he said in his press conference, if the White Sox bring their energy, they can beat anybody on any night. But there was times that the White Sox didn't bring full energy. And that's why the Kansas City Royals the last two years have beaten the White Sox in the season series. 2021, the White Sox won the division. But the Kansas City Royals beat them 10-9. This year, the White Sox were 81-81. and Still, the Royals 10-9 and in the series. So I think Patrick Refault is a big-time part of that, seeing and understanding how to beat a team on a particular night. And that's what he uh, brings to the table for the White Sox, getting the players prepared for the game like they weren't before in 2022.
0: That's interesting that your first reaction was, well, why did they pass up on him? So now you're seeing it as more of a, oh, he got snubbed by his own organization. Let's take advantage of that. Let's get this smart baseball dude in here.
3: Mm-hmm. And it's very similar to what the White Sox went through, but on a different scale. They said that he was supposed to get the job after Ned Yost left, um, but they, somebody in the front office or the owner himself usurped those powers of the general manager at the time and put Mike Matheny in instead of Pedro Graffol. And we saw how the Mike Matheny years went terribly. And the White Sox, of course, got um Rick Hahn, got his powers usurped by the owner when he hired uh, Tony De Russa in 2020 after the 2020 season. So similar situations. And the Kansas City Royals are kind of doing similar situation to the White Sox, where they've seen how badly they've played in the last couple of years, and they don't want anything Royal-associated going forward. That's why they hired a new general manager. That's why they brought in Mac Cocharo and the new general manager and Cocharo have a relationship from previous uh, stops. And so this is why they want to be more like the Tampa Bay Rays and the White Sox didn't want any White Sox DNA continuing with their team because the White Sox have a bad, flawed organization and they wanted to see some outside perspective and get an outside, outsider's view of what their team is because we all know they have a bunch of talent. It just takes Mm -hmm. somebody to push them the right way. And the people who have been in the white Sox circles are not the people that have been doing it correctly. So it was both the Royals and the white Sox wanting to have a different change and go in a different direction.
0: Oh, it sounds like everyone's cleaning house. So uh, the Kansas city spring cleaning has kind of benefited you guys. Now you were reaping the benefits. Now looking back at this past season with, you know, a manager like Tony La Russa, who's obviously much older, comes from a much different era, and seeing seeing a team like the Phillies make a managerial change in the middle of the season and having it work out really well for them, having them make it to the World Series. Do you wish something like this happened sooner?
3: I do, and I'm a guy who I've been saying for years that managers don't matter that much in wins and losses, and Tony La Russa had changed my mind about that this year. In 2022, because of his continuous blunders, he made not knowing the rules, not understanding. You don't walk anybody. Intentionally walk somebody with a one-two count. He did that twice this year. Um, team looked lifeless the whole year. Not prepared. Not uh no uh, no not ready to go in April. There was no like oh man these games count as much as the game September. Let's get on it. It didn't have any type of boom, any type of verve to it because Tony LaRusso was kind of that way. He wasn't very energetic and I'm not even talking about the age thing, the ageism and people saying that he's falling asleep in the dugout. I'm just thinking that players and the old classic line from uh, remember the Titans is attitude reflects leadership. And Tony was a leader. And if you're going to be, you know, down and sullen and mad after losses, or you're going to be down and sullen by how the, the game is going on that's how the players are going to react and so what we saw what happened in philly immediately they reacted i think they won like nine in a row
0: yeah.
2: after they <laughs>
3: fired um joe girardi same type of guy guy who's won a world series in the past tried to recapture something with a different team the phillies people's like we spent a lot of money this offseason we're not going to let you screw this up joe girardi you're out of here let's get some new blood in here get a new voice in here and that didn't happen for the white Sox until tony unfortunately got ill, and he had his pacemaker uh, act up on him, so he had to go back to Arizona and never return. You get Miguel Cairo in there, and the White Sox immediately took off. This was in August, though, so the Cleveland Guardians were already established. The Minnesota Twins were already established ahead of the White Sox, and so we, it was way too late for the White Sox to actually catch up and do some things that they needed to. The urgency was gone. They didn't get it done, and you know eventually when they had like, I think it was only a game and a half or two games behind the Cleveland Guardians. Guardians came in here and pretty much swept the White Sox and then the life of those White Sox pretty much lost all the rest of the year. So I know that if they would have fired the manager a little earlier or if they would have actually had Tony, hey, this can't go on, man. What we're doing can't go on. The White Sox might have woke up. There would have been something to say, hey, you guys' poor play has cost this man his job his livelihood. And so if you don't act right, somebody else will get fired because of your actions. And that's what's happened. Subsequently, the White Sox have pretty much cleaned their whole coaching staff out except for their pitching coach and their bullpen coach. And so and that's mostly because this big time team underachieved and they've cleaned house and Tony Russo. He left because of health issues, but he deserved to get fired because of how badly he was managing this year. So I think that a firing in the middle of the season would have had maybe not the effect of the White Sox winning or getting into the World Series, but they I think they definitely get in the playoffs. 81-81 to 81 was a reflection of how the team was managed and how the t- players reacted to that manager.
0: Yeah, there's so much talent on that team for sure. You mentioned the energy and how the energy of the team was reflective of the, mener- the energy from Tony La Russa. From what I've heard from this new manager, it sounds like he's – Got a totally different energy for sure. The quote that I saw you guys retweeted from Parkins and Spiegel. Uh, The White Sox will work every day as hard as we possibly can to kick your ass at 710. That, to me, that shook me.
3: (laughs) Oh, it it reached White Sox fans. When it was said, I was listening live to the score at that time. And I was like, let's go. I'm ready to go right now. And that's one of the things he said in his introductory press conference. He's like, we're going to have energy. Because I saw as an outsider that the White Sox sometimes didn't give maximum energy. If the team gets maximum energy every night, there's no team that they can't beat. Because we all know the pitching staff is great when they pitch well. And Lucas Giolito had a poor year this year. But otherwise, Cease was great. We had Lynn do his thing. And Michael Kopech will be going into his second full year of uh, starting next year. So I have no qualms about the pitching staff. It's about sometimes Yohan Mancada sometimes Aloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, Jose Abreu, Tim Anderson, these guys who should be all all-stars, and some have made all-star teams this year, like Tim was the starting shortstop for the American League. But from time to time, lackadaisical play, dumb play. And I think this uh, Pedro Griffal will nip that stuff in the bud instead of letting that stuff linger and not trying to be the players' manager like Tony LaRusso was so desperately trying. And I think he probably did that because of how we as the fans and the media kind of said that Tony's going to mess up the vibe when he comes into white Sox uh, clubhouse, he didn't mess up the vibe necessarily because they still had fun, whatever fun they did. He, I thought he was going to be coming in and changing the culture. He didn't do that. He went the opposite way where he's too friendly too much. Hey, I'm your, I'm the player manager. I'm not going to, I'm not going to discipline you except for your Mercedes. If you hit a three old pitch, he's going to discipline you. Otherwise, he didn't discipline people for poor play. He didn't discipline people for not running out uh, the ball. He didn't discipline people for misjudging things, misjudging easy fly balls or lackadaisical play. None of that stuff. So I think Pedro Grafal will come in here with an iron fist, but also understanding that that can't run all the time. You can't just be telling young, grown men what to do all the time and them to listen to you. I think he has a quality balance of both kicking you in the butt and then. Put an arm around your shoulder when you need to, and he needs to do that with some of these players more than uh, not. So he needs to find out the players that need the kick in the butt a little bit more than the other players, and I think he understands that players are not the same. There's 26 different personalities in there, and he needs to manage each and every one individually.
0: Yeah, for sure. Laxadysical, bringing out the good old SAT words. Mm-hmm. I love this. Um I know the White Sox had so many high hopes these past few seasons. Do you think Pedro is the guy who's going to make it happen?
3: I think so. I mean, as a person who thinks that managers don't matter much in wins and losses, the thing is that I think he's going to get them prepared. The things that we can't see while we're watching starting at 7-10 on games is the stuff that he prepares them to do before the games. Pick the ball up. Defensively, the White Sox are one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in baseball at defense making sure that they show up and do batting practice correctly. You're not just up there just to run through the motions of batting practice. You're actually trying to do something that you see in the game that's going to happen tonight. Who's the pitcher tonight? Like, what does he throw? Does he offer sliders? Cool. Let's have the batting practice guy throw you outside pitches, throw you some sliders, so maybe you can lay them off lay off them. Or if he throws them outside in the zone, you can hit them to right field if you're a right-hander. If you're a left-hander, you're getting to have a jam shot, go over to left field. These type of things, the actual practical things that help you win later in the game. So he'll have the players prepared. And that's one of the big bugaboos. That, and I don't know if you watched the press conference, but our general manager, Rick Hahn, when he had to introduce Tony Russo in 2020, it was via Zoom. So that's one of the reasons. But he seemed like somebody just kicked his dog. Literally, he was so down. His face was just the saddest I've ever seen him. This fast forward to the press conference they had on Thursday for Pedro Grafaule. Cheesing from ear to ear. He could not be happier that it went the way it did, because you could tell that this was his guy. He picked this guy through the interviewing process, and he didn't get his power usurped this time by either Kenny Williams, the VP of Baseball Ops, or the owner, uh, Jerry Reinstorf, who did that with Tony Russo. So he was grinning because the guy is the right guy to get this team ready, because everybody knows in that organization that all these players need is health and the right mindset and they can beat this you know this AL Central um division by 10 games like they did in 2021. They had focus that year. They had hitting that year, they had pitching that year and they did win that by 10 plus games. I think that in 2023 they'll have the target back on their back but they won't care. They'll be ready and prepared to do the job that needs to be done because they are far superior to the teams in the AL Central, even those Cleveland Garden 2-1, like 93 games.
0: <laughs> all right, Herb, thank you so much. I'm so excited to see what these Chicago White Sox do in 2023. Tell us where we can follow you on social media so we can follow all of the great stuff CHGO is doing out there.
3: Well, you can follow me at ecknerwall 23 That's my last name, Lawrence, spelled backwards. 2-3 is for Robin Ventura. And I'm pretty much on all social media platforms as ecknerwall 23 and I'm sure Rockies fans can commiserate with the White Sox fans because you guys a couple of years ago had your ownership sign a third baseman to a long term deal and only to trade him away the next year and then do a, not similar thing, but Trevor Story walking and then and weirdly sign Chris Bryant for a big time deal. So you guys have been very, very, you know, maligned by your ownership and it's kind of like a confusing thing going on. That's what White Sox fans are. You guys are pretty much the National League version of us. As far as the fans, your stadium's much better than ours, and I love to go there. I love (laughs) It's a little bit better,
0: yeah, for sure. It's it's
3: awesome. So you guys, if you guys want to commiserate with the American League team, come over to the White Sox. We got the same type of uh, uniform style, too, like the old English, the pinstripes at home. Nice. Well,
0: listen, we know that if people who live in Denver are going to pick a Chicago team – We're sick of seeing Cubs fans, so I'm all in on White Sox. Herb, I will talk to you later. Have a good weekend. Thank you, Susie. I love Herb. Herb is such a good baseball dude. (laughs) I love it so much. Kale's over there giving snaps. I want to show you the funniest thing. Apparently, this is a thing people say on Twitter about Pedro Griffol. Peter Griffin. Or no, Pedro Griffol is Spanish for Peter Griffin. This had me actually cracking up, like, more than I've ever laughed today. (laughs) I thought it was funny. I wanted to show a funny internet thing. (laughs) Um, Listen, we got to talk about the world series a little bit before we wrap up for the weekend. Um, of course game five was last night in Philadelphia. Meek Mill came out hot. It was a nail biter of a game. Really set the tone. Justin Verlander got his first world series win. And that rain postponement from back on Monday, he said that that helped him because he got an extra bullpen session in. So that was a big accomplishment for him. And we got to see Kate Upton on TV. At three times I saw three it could have been more but I think I saw them all uh Pena had a solo home run Yuli U- Guriel injured his knee during some weird base running so because of that Trey Mancini came in for him and at first base he stopped at least one run with Phillies on the corners an insane catch at first there's a moment where the game could have uh, gone a different way for the Phillies. It was a one run game. Westchester, Pennsylvania native Chaz McCormick robbed a Homer from G- JT Realmuto, or at least robbed an extra base hit. It was an absolute nail biter. Astros came out on top in that one. They've got the lead in the series. Now three to two. We're going back to Houston. I'm not going to Houston for the record. I'm, probably going to watch the game here where else would I watch it let's be real but yeah it's going to be a winner go home situation in game six in Houston on Saturday night not tonight it's not happening Friday night because everything got pushed back a day because of that rain postponement on Monday so Saturday night 603 Mountain Time Zach Wheeler gets the start for the Phillies Ranger Suarez could appear He appeared in relief in game one, and he started game three on short rest. He does line up to start game seven if there is a game seven. But Phillies manager Rob Thompson said that, yeah, he'll use Suarez in relief if he has to. Um, Wheeler, obviously, it's been a concern for the Phillies. His velocity was down in game two, even with the extra rest. Apparently, he threw a bullpen session on Thursday. The Phillies were happy with that. But yeah, the Phillies faced Framber Valdez in Game Six, and we know how much the Phillies struggled against him. But this will be their second look at him, so we will see what happens. Listen, this has been such a great World Series. Kale's been on the edge of his seat watching this World Series.
1: I have been on the edge of my seat. Oh, our where did camera, I go? Our camera battery just died. Hold up.
0: Oh no, Sue's after dark. We're about to wrap up the show anyway, but Kale's gonna turn the camera back on. This is hilarious. It's okay. It's all good.
1: That's not
0: to it's not supposed to happen. It's totally fine. Um, yeah, this is now, this is rocks after dark. Sue's on the rocks. There's so many different names that I want to call my Friday show. You don't know, think about getting a DJ. That would be fun. This is hilarious. Um, But yeah, this is going to be a crazy, crazy weekend of baseball Saturday night, possibly Sunday. We'll see what happens. It's crazy. When you look at the, Ooh, she's back. I'm back on camera. If you watch us on YouTube, it's never a dull moment. Um, but yeah, tickets in Houston are just significantly, significantly cheaper than in Philly. The prices just really never went down even like so close to game time. It was pretty nuts to see, but yeah, let's see what happens. I feel like I should watch the game here. I really don't know. I just can't, I can't be buying shots for everyone at the bar again. I need to not do that ever again. I have so many trips coming up and I would like to actually take them, but we got the Friday afternoon club tonight.
1: And there's some Australians here.
0: There are Australians here. While one of those interviews was uh, rolling, two Australians came up. They're huge Nuggets fans. They wanted to visit the bar. They're huge fans of the Nuggets pod. I don't think they know about the Colorado Rockies.
1: But that's okay.
0: (laughs) But that's okay. They found out. It was, it was adorable. So I'm going to go down and I'm going to buy them a couple of beers because they seem they seem like fun people. Uh, Kale, what are you going to drink at the Friday Afternoon Club?
1: I'm going to get myself a Fun Slinger.
0: A Fun Slinger? A Fun Ooh. Slinger lager. A Fun Slinger lager. I'm going to have a Honeydew seltzy because I haven't had one all week, Kale. I have not had one. Seltzy time. It's seltzy time. I've been drinking Yinglings all week. I need something different. I'm all, I'm all beer bloated from an East Coast beer. I miss my Breck brews.
1: I've never had a Yingling. I, I need to try that.
0: They're good. They're good. If you like Breck brew, maybe you'll like Yingling. Maybe. Maybe. But I love my Breck Brews. And I love that you joined me for this pod, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in. Kale, where can the people follow you on social media?
1: I'm at Kale Sorbo. Kale with two L's. Two L's.
0: And you can follow us at the DNVR Rockies Twitter account at DNVR underscore Rockies. You can follow me at the Susie Hunter on all platforms. And you know what we say about closing a show, Kale? What
1: do they say, Susie?
0: I don't know how to. So I'm just going to say goodbye and we will talk to you on Monday.